0: Scherzer, Verlander, Sale, and of course late, oh my, Mike McClure, this is going to be quite a Sportsline BFS podcast and quite a Friday night.
1: It's going to be a very fun Friday night, um, you know, look, there's no Ian Kennedy tonight, so that that's going to improve things for us tonight, I had to take uh, a shot at you for that one,
0: you, uh, you know what, man, I I am going to just start telling you guys who I've sent in as my contrarian starting pitcher at the very top of the show so you can start building your stacks against them. Um, Yeah, it's been been a rough week for contrarian starting pitcher picks from Heath Cummings, and I appreciate all of you on Twitter reminding me of that fact because it's certain that my DFS bankroll is not telling that story. I need your tweets to remind me of how bad those pitchers have done. So, Mike, the very first question off the very top, we'll talk about the pitchers in depth later it's really tough to fully stack cores with one of those three elite starting pitchers it's really hard to fade all three of those starting pitchers because somebody's probably going to get 60 or 70 out of their starting pitcher tonight how are you handling that
1: uh yeah i'm gonna take a stance and i'm probably just gonna pick one of them do my best to maximize the two to three guys that i really want at coors field and then after that, we're going to be looking for value. And, you know, we, it makes sense, obviously, you want to do this in most situations. But tonight, just when you have top tier starting pitching, you need to maximize plate appearances with your value guys. So, we're, you know, I'm talking if you have a value guy that's similar to another one, pick the guy that's playing on the road. He's guaranteed the ninth inning at bat for his team. He's got a higher probability, you know, assuming that their implied run totals are the same. Maximize the plate appearances with the value as much as you can tonight, because that's going to be the strategy to win.
0: The top stacks of the night, the Colorado Rockies, the only team with an implied run total of six. They are at exactly six, but we have seven different offenses implied to score five runs tonight. The Yankees at 5.7, the Brewers at 5.6, the Indians against Jason Hamill, 5.3, the Astros, Mariners, and Dodgers all at five runs. Who is your favorite non-Core stack from that group, Mike?
1: I mean, I I think it probably has to be the New York Yankees if you can afford them. Um, You know, just playing at Yankee Stadium against Kendall Graveman, this is a a huge, huge negative park shift for Kendall Graveman and, and, you know, one of the worst lineups for him to have to face here, too. So I I think it's got to be the New York Yankees.
0: You are going to love, love, love my contrarian stack. It's the other side of that game, your Oakland Athletics. I think I've actually seen you in some Oakland Athletics gear in the past. Going up against Sonny Gray, one of Adam Azer's favorite pitchers in all of baseball, his Yankees are going to get smacked around tonight by Matt Olson and the Athletics.
1: This is bad because I'm starting Sonny Gray in a daily league, so I shouldn't be?
0: I'm not saying you shouldn't have a Sonny Gray lineup tonight. but No, no,
1: I'm sorry, not in a DFS league, in a daily fantasy baseball league where, you know, daily lineups. I've got him in there.
0: It's a bad I, would, idea. I would have to be in a situation where I need strikeouts and a win, and, and I don't really care about my ratios that you much. Got, I it.
1: know you like revenge games, Mike McClure.
0: Like, I know it. So this is a Sonny Gray revenge game. Or
1: an Oakland Athletics revenge game. Maybe <laughs> they don't like Sonny Gray.
0: But they, who doesn't like uh, Sonny Gray?
2: Maybe. A lot
1: of people don't like Sonny Gray. <laughs> if you've ever owned Sonny Gray or had him on your DFS roster, you don't like Sonny Gray.
2: All right, all right. Carry on, gentlemen. BVP,
0: George Springer has a 1267 OPS with three dongs against Cole Hamels. Adam Jones, 1250 OPS, one dong, and 12 plate appearances against Jacob Faria. As Drupal Cabrera, five for 14 with two dongs against Jake Arrieta and Edwin Encarnacion. 985 OPS, five dongs, and 36 plate appearances against Jason Hamel.
1: Wow. That's uh that's impressive there with a couple of those guys. Uh, one thing I want to mention on Springer, too, is they might open the roof tonight there. Uh, if they do, it's in the mid-80s, wind blowing out at 11 miles per hour. Uh, there could be some fireworks there against Cole Hamels.
0: And there are some weather concerns. My favorite stack of the night would have been the Seattle Mariners because I am just absolutely tilt-stacking against Matt Boyd every single time he starts until he implodes because it's coming.
1: Oh, it's certainly coming, and it's really unfortunate that the weather is not going to cooperate. It looks like, uh, you know, it's also really cold, too, so I, I'm going to be avoiding that situation. But it is unfortunate because with this many games, it would have been a spot where we could have got the Mariners at relatively low
0: ownership. On the bad side of BVP, Shin Su Chu has 80 plate appearances against Justin Verlander. He's struck out in 32 of them. Wow,
1: that is and, incredible. And he's not a high strikeout
0: guy. No, no, definitely not. Uh, Mike Moustakas, 538 OPS in 26 plate appearances against Trevor Bauer. Nomar Mazzara, 2 for 17 with 8 strikeouts against Verlander. And Carlos Correa, 2 for 20 with 6 Ks against Cole Hamels.
1: Wow. Uh, I don't care at all about the uh, Carlos Correa or Mike Moustakas. I think those guys are both excellent tournament boys tonight.
0: Dong Chaser standings. Mike is in the lead still. No one has Donged in three days. And it, I kind of feel like... Our selections, Mike, look like we're tilting that fact just a little bit. I'm going with Matt Olson, 3,600 on DraftKings. One of my favorite values on FanDuel, 2,600. Has a 50% hard contact rate against right-handed pitchers this year. Sonny Gray has allowed a 39% hard contact rate to lefties. You've got that short portion and right and a slight wind blowing that way. Yeah,
1: I, I love that pick a lot. Uh, he's definitely someone I'm targeting in all my lineups tonight, too. Um, I'm going to go with Jock Peterson, and that's really just picking on Matt Harvey. Um, Peterson's a cash game play tonight on both sides, especially on FanDuel at 2,400. He should hit second against right-handed pitching. Uh, it's a near must-play, especially with the top-tier pitching that we have to pick from tonight. So I'm going to lock Jock Peterson in and watch some Jock
0: jams. So we are going to start our lineup out with Matt Olson and Jock Peterson. No way we're getting eight strikeouts out of those two tonight adam azer took francisco lindor at fifty four hundred dollars that, that's that got to be an all-time high price for him
1: oh gosh that, i did not i didn't see the price oh man well what how expensive is incarnacion maybe i should no, go too, with
0: him you you don't want to do this now you t- stick with Lin, francisco lindong i just say and, i really uh,
1: like the indians tonight okay i don't know that you should pay up for that but i i like
0: the indians We'll talk when we get to shortstop about whether Lindor is Mike's favorite shortstop on the slate. But right now we need to break down the three studs on this slate with Scherzer, Verlander and Sale. Mike, rank those three for me. Let's say you're on a draft tonight. In, in what order are you taking them?
1: Uh, probably the order you mentioned them there. I think that, uh well, at least Max Scherzer first. Um, You know, Scherzer, I think, has the most upside in terms of strikeout potential. He's. Very consistent. He's certainly going to pitch deep into the game. Uh, you know, he's in a national league ballpark, gets to face an opposing pitcher at the plate. Uh, just a lot of things working in his favor. So I think Scherzer's the clear number one. And I do prefer Verlander just because I think the win probability is even higher, um, you know, against the Rangers in the spot. So Scherzer, Verlander, then sale for me.
0: Yeah. Scherzer was easily my top pitcher on the slate. He's the best pitcher in baseball now that Clayton Kershaw can't seem to stay healthy. So we'll start with Scherzer, we'll start with Olsen, we'll start with Jock Peterson. We'll get to cheaper pitchers in just a minute. But first, my contrarian starting pitcher of the day. Get your lineups out, get ready to build your stacks. It's been a disaster over the last week. It all changes tonight. Luke Weaver going to San Diego. We saw Miles Michaelis last night. Weaver's been awful. I still think he's a good pitcher. It's as good a matchup as matchups get. The Padres last or next to last in virtually all offensive categories against right-handed pitchers.
1: Yeah, no, look, it makes a ton of sense, and there really isn't a better matchup in baseball at this point in the season than what Luke Weaver is going to see tonight. So it's really, uh, this is do or die for him in terms of me believing that he's a good pitcher. Uh, he's got to perform tonight, but I, I do like him, and he is someone I will be using.
0: Yeah, I don't think that this tonight would prove that he's a good pitcher, but it could prove that he's not a good pitcher anymore. He's 5,900 on FanDuel. So if you want to build those core stacks, Weaver is the first place I'm going. A little more expensive on DraftKings where they factor in the matchup at 7,900. There are cheaper options on this slate, and I'll just give you a few of them. You tell me if you'd prefer to put any of them in our DraftKings lineup over Weaver, because I think we need one cheap starting pitcher so that we can get some good hitters. Sonny Gray, we talked about him already. It, it's definitely a um there's a lot of variables. I mean, he, he could have a good outing against the athletics. He could also get shelled and be done in three innings. You've also got Eric Lauer in that matchup against Luke Weaver. Lauer has been, I think better than some people expected. He's pitching in a good park against the Cardinals who are fine, but nothing special. And then Brandon McCarthy going up against maybe the only team that's worse than the Padres, the Marlins.
1: Yeah, for me, it's pretty clearly going to be Brandon McCarthy tonight. Uh, he's the guy that I want to pair with Max Scherzer on DraftKings. Uh, all of my early optimals, that's the way everything's coming out so far. Um, you know, look, this is a really big, you know, we talk about this park shift for Weaver at Petco, but moving to Miami here for McCarthy, this is a really, really nice park shift that's almost comparable there. And when you factor in the quality of the opponent, it certainly is. Um, so I think McCarthy is the guy. He's similar to the reason why I left Jordan Lyles last night and Julio the night before uh, I, I like Brandon McCarthy a lot here he's someone I'm going to be using
0: if this was a week ago I would argue very strongly that there's more upside with Luke Weaver that we should play Luke Weaver he's a better pitcher than Brandon McCarthy that Justin Bohr or Derek Dietrich could get after Brandon McCarthy but I don't I don't have any ground to stand on right now we're going with Brandon McCarthy on DraftKings at catcher I don't hate catcher tonight I think Gary Sanchez is a fine play if you're fading course, but you can't play a good pitcher and Sanchez and course. Yasmani Grandal would be my favorite catcher on the slate based on price and production against Matt Harvey. I like Francisco Cervelli against a lefty. And if you need to punt, I personally would go with Bruce Maxwell.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I'm glad you said Bruce Maxwell there. He's certainly the punt that I like the most. Uh, and we're also on the same page with Yasmani Grandal. I actually have his Raw fantasy point projection equal to Gary Sanchez, which sounds a little crazy, but I like Yasmani Grandal a lot. I think Matt Harvey is going to get absolutely lit up in this first start
0: for the Cincinnati Reds. You're just a hater, Mike. I don't know why you hate Matt Harvey. We should all be cheering for him. Look, Remember what he did for us? What did Matt Harvey do for us? If he had never argued to go back into that game in the World Series, the Royals might not have won that game, might not have won the World Series.
1: Okay. Yes, that is uh, that is a good point. I I changed my tune. I love Matt Harvey. I want him <laughs> to have all the success in the world
0: after tonight. Okay. At first base, first question I have for you: You heard the E5 stats. I think everybody would like Encarnacion, regardless of BVP. But do you prefer Freddie Freeman or Edwin Encarnacion tonight? Freeman against Dan Straley—a great matchup for him.
1: Um, I I think that you know, I honestly I'm, I think I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman just because of the ownership. Um, you know, in terms of raw talent, I, I think that Freeman's probably got him beat uh, in terms of the matchup and, you know, the BVP and, you know, how the public perceives this. I think that obviously everyone's going to lean towards Edwin. So I'm going to go the other way and take Freddie Freeman in that matchup.
0: Three other first basemen I like. I mean, I've already locked Matt Olson in, so you don't get a choice at first base, but we've got Cody Bellinger against Matt Harvey. Obviously, he may be the top first base play on the slate. We've got Justin Bohr again against a mediocre righty, but we're starting McCarthy, so we won't use him in this lineup. And then Matt Olson is by far and away the guy I'm going with.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. I agree with that a lot. Um, Cody Bellinger is my number one first baseman, followed by Ryan Braun and then Matt Olson. Uh, so those are the three that I will be playing the most. Uh, I probably won't have any Evan Encarnacion just because of the projected ownership, and I, I'm not going to be able to pay up for
0: Freddie Freeman. Just it doesn't make sense. I I looked at this slate and I have no idea who the number one second baseman is. You've got Jose Altuve against Cole Hamels, who's a lefty but has been better than expected. You've got Ozzy Albie's going up against Straley. You got DJ Lemayhew in Coors. Who is your favorite second baseman on the slate? We you didn't
1: mention my favorite second baseman, but we've mentioned the team a lot. So the Cleveland Indians are a team that we want some exposure to tonight. But as we talked about, it's just not a good position at first base with Edwin because of the other options. Lindor, we love him, but he's obviously very expensive. So I'm going to look to Jason Kipnis to get my exposure to the Indians at 3,600 on DraftKings. I think he's the perfect combination of lineup spot, matchup, uh, you know, team environment there. Uh, so at 3,600 hitting second. I, I think that he's the top play.
0: My only problem is, is Jason Kipnis any good anymore?
1: I'm not sure. I'm just hoping that he can, you know, stumble his way on base or, you know, and potentially just be involved in some of the run scoring that goes on tonight.
0: I'm going to call you out here. I'm pretty sure that you're using BVT for this Jason Kipnis call. BVT. Please explain. Uh, batter versus team. Jason Kipnis has crushed the Royals in the past.
1: Okay. Yes. Batter versus team. Jason Kipnis has crushed the Royals in the past. You're correct. I'm playing Jason Kipnis.
0: I did kind of like Neil Walker as a punt, but Kipnis is is super cheap as well. We don't know for sure that Walker will be in the lineup. So let's just lock Kipnis in at second base on both sides. And we've saved a little bit of money now. That's good because third base is stacked again. We've got Nolan Arenado. We've got Travis Shaw. We've got Jose Ramirez in that same game. Who's your top third baseman?
1: Wow, I, I have Travis Shaw, number one. Uh, But there's a guy that we didn't mention at all that, you know, another team. I I really like the Astros tonight. I think if you want want to get a little contrarian and save a little money also, I think Alex Bregman is a fantastic play if you're
0: not going to pay for Travis Shaw. Bregman down to thirty seven hundred on DraftKings and he's earned that price. He has not been very good this year. He has definitely earned the price.
1: But man, I'm telling you, in in this matchup here, Cole Hamels is like I said, he's not the ace that he once was. Uh, I, I think that. Bregman is you know he's cheap and he's still not going to be popular tonight so he's my contrarian play Travis Shaw is my cash game play
0: you have not mentioned any Rockies yet and so I wonder the Rockies are the highest projected offense on this slate I actually like Brandon Woodruff as a pitcher think he has a lot of upside for the future I wouldn't ever use him at cores, and I wouldn't shy away from the Rockies but I do think I prefer the Brewers
1: yeah I'm leaning towards the Brewers myself here and, and you know again it's not that I don't like the Rockies I you know I feel the same way you do there it's just the way that they're priced tonight on the, these sites uh you know I find myself kind of heading in a little bit different direction whether that's with the brewers or
0: some of these other environments one more thing about the brewers and Travis Shaw and which brewers you prefer i don't know if you noticed or not but Chad Bettis is another one of your favorite types of pitchers reverse oh, yes. split guy he
1: is a reverse split guy which is why Ryan Braun is actually ranking so well for me uh in, in the models tonight i mentioned that he was my number two second baseman I, I like him a lot in the outfield i almost went back to him for my dong chasers pick tonight uh so you know look out there might be a tweet that says hashtag dongs from last night later because ryan braun is probably going to dong tonight
0: i almost took ryan braun just because i had the first overall pick and you didn't catch one with him last night and he was still at cores and i thought it'd be great if i took him the night after you did I'm going to go ahead and lock Braun into the outfield with Jock Peterson. We're going to leave third base open. We've got some flexibility there. We can play the cheaper Bregman. We can play the more expensive Shaw. We will see how much money we have left. Oddly enough, I don't hate shortstop tonight. Manny Machado against Jacob Farias, pretty good. Trey Turner against Cook, absolutely. Carlos Correa against the lefty, yes. Lindor is a great option. Story, is it Coors? Who is your favorite shortstop?
1: Wow, it's really, really close. I, you know, I, I mentioned that I like the Astros a lot. It's really going to come down to whether or not they open the roof for this game. Uh, we'll get that information this afternoon and you'll probably see the answer reflected on Sportsline when you head over there. Uh, but if the roof is open, I, I really, really like the Astros and Carlos Correa becomes number one. Uh, but if not, it's really, it's a coin flip after that between Francisco Lindor and Manny Machado.
0: We're going to finish up these lineups in just a moment, but I want to let you know there will be another uh, little special bonus in the feed today. We've got Peter Jennings coming on from DraftKings to talk about their one-game fantasy contest. I'm really interested in these. I, I haven't had a lot of experience in them yet. I want to ask him about some strategy. I want to ask him about how those games work. So we will have that in the feed for you today as well if you're looking for a new and fun way to play DFS so we're gonna wait on shortstop as well in the outfield. We've already locked in two of our three outfield spots, Jock Peterson and Ryan Braun. Is Braun your top outfielder on this slate?
1: Uh yes, Ryan Braun is the top outfielder for me on this slate, but it's you know really close because of the Yankees. Um, you know, I, I still like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, and I, I still like Charlie Blackman. Uh actually looking at my model here, I've got five players. Projected within like two tenths of a point of each other, uh, which is something that doesn't really. I mean, you know, guys are projected close often, but never with this high of a projection. So there's a ton of top tier outfielders tonight.
0: It's kind of amazing to me that we've got Mike Trout against the pitcher formerly known as Lance Lynn. We've got Bryce Harper against a guy that we really don't think is any good in Matt Cook. I and we're not even talking about him.
1: We're not even talking about him. Uh, which tells you, you know, they're going to be great tournament plays tonight. Uh, but I you know I don't see any way you can talk about them in cash games
0: let's go ahead and assume that roof is going to be open in Houston very small small chance of rain there tonight we're going to hope they open it up we're going to lock Bregman and Correa into our lineup we've got 4,500 remaining on DraftKings for our final outfielder who is your favorite outfielder at 4,500 or less tonight uh
1: 4,500 or less tonight it's you know, we're going to have to look and see who's in the lineup. Um, if David is in the lineup again, I could see playing him at 4,500 as some Coors Field exposure. Um, other than that, I, I kind of need to see the actual lineups to see because there's not a lot that I like. I, I really wish we had an extra 100 for Lorenzo Kane.
0: Yeah, I really wish we did too, but that is not the way that these contexts work. We could go with Travis Shaw at third base. We then have 3,900 for an outfielder, but there's not, I mean, it's again, it's just, it's a situation where if Cargo's in the lineup and Dolls not, then I plug Shaw in at third base and I put Cargo or Desmond in my last outfield spot. If Dahl's in the lineup, I'll play Dahl on Bregman.
1: Right. Yeah. No, yeah. Just wait and see the lineup. But, uh, the good news is, is it does work out the other way with Desmond and those guys at 3,900. Uh, so either way you, you've got a situation that you can pivot to.
0: So the DraftKings lineup, the early DraftKings lineup, remember to go to sportsline.com. If you're not a member yet, use the promo code DFS podcast. You get our lineups, Mike's optimal lineup, my contrarian lineup, for just $1 for the first month, use the promo code DFS podcast. It's Scherzer and McCarthy, Maxwell Olson, Kipnis, Bregman, Correa, Jock Peterson, Ryan Braun, and David Dahl. Let's head over to Fanduel. Where once again we don't have quite as much money. That's just the way that this game works out. I've locked in Scherzer and Olsen, Kipness at second base, Braun and Peterson in the outfield. Let's talk about the pricing of third base over on FanDuel. Travis Shaw is forty one hundred. Alex Bregman thirty four hundred. Is that enough of a price difference to make you try to go with Bregman? That leaves we've got three thousand dollars per player left right now. Yeah,
1: they're really, really close there. I think that it probably is enough to make me lean towards Alex Bregman at this point, especially knowing that we think the roof is probably going to be open tonight.
0: Down to 2900 per player. I do really have a hard time finding a super cheap option at shortstop on FanDuel, and we need to save some money so we can play another good outfielder. But there's one guy we didn't talk about on DraftKings. He's one of my favorite contrarian hitters on the night. And it's Jed Jerko has been absolutely crushing lefties this year. Crushed lefties last year. He's 2,800 on FanDuel. He'll be in the lineup against Eric Lauer. That saves you about a $1,000 on the guys like Trey Turner and Carlos Correa. You're going to have any exposure at all to Jed Jerko tonight?
1: I am. We're going to talk about some revenge games. This is my favorite revenge game on the slate here. Jed Jerko back in San Diego. I like him a lot here at twenty eight. And then now that you mention him as a lefty killer, uh, Jordy Mercer might lead off for the Pirates tonight too at 2700. So I like both of those guys. So we definitely have two options there at 28 and 2700. I do tend to agree that Jerko is probably the better option, even though the park isn't great, really in either situation for these guys. So I'll lean towards Jed Jerko.
0: So we have 2950 remaining for an outfielder and a utility. I did not at the top of the show give my favorite Fanduel values. Matt Olson would have been at the top of the list at 2600. You obviously love Jock Peterson at 2400. Is there a utility option that's down around 21-2200 that would allow us to get another core bat in our lineup? Uh
1: yeah, there is. I think that, you know, we got to make sure he's in the lineup and you know, he has not been good, but Jackie Bradley, uh 2200, and Gregor Blanco is 2300. I like both of those guys quite a bit. Uh, and then all the way down, you know, if we get this uh, Houston Astros lineup here, Jake Marisnik is the bare minimum at 2000 If he's in the lineup, he's probably going to hit ninth, uh, but still a good spot. You know, we talked about stacking up guys 9-1-2. Um, I, I like Marisnik at minimum price if he's in the lineup.
0: And I think Marisnik is by far the best choice, not because I like him more than the other two, and I actually probably like Derek Dietrich just a little bit more than him as well. But the thing that Marisnik allows you to do, it's play Lorenzo Kane leading off at course field at 3800. I definitely want to have Kane in my lineup after he dong last night and still at course.
1: Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense there. You know, knowing that we only have Ryan Braun so far in this lineup there, I, I want to get Lorenzo Kane and get a little more exposure to the Brewers. So I'm definitely going to be playing Jake Mariznik there.
0: Just, just watch the lineup tonight. I feel extremely comfortable that there will be a hitter under 2100 that's in a decent spot tonight. We'll just have to figure out who that is for now. We'll plug in Jake Marisnik often in the lineup against left-handed pitchers, the fan lineup, Max Scherzer, Matt Olson, Jason Kipnis, Alex Bregman, Jed Jerko, Jock Peterson, Ryan Braun, Jake Marisnyk, and Lorenzo Cain. I think that lineup is going to be just a little bit contrarian. I don't know how many people will be able to get Cain and Braun in with Scherzer.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think it'll be a little contrarian, but uh, I, I like it a lot. Um, you know, you, We are very confident that Max is going to be the number one starting pitcher tonight. We've got the Coorish Field exposure. We've got the Astros. I, I like this a lot.
0: And now it's time for Peter Jennings. Joining us now, we've got a special guest to talk about a new and exciting way to play DFS. It's Peter Jennings to talk about DraftKings MLB Showdown. Peter, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, I was just looking at this with the Boston Red Sox, Toronto Blue Jays. We've got the, uh, $6,000 knuckleball contest and this is DFS, but just for one game. How does this change strategy from the typical DFS game?
2: Yeah, it's quite a bit different given the lack of options and especially the lack of pitching options. So in this game in particular, I think everyone's going to be taking Chris Sale. And full DFS slates, and a showdown slate, Chris Sale becomes even more uh, owned. So if you want to be contrarian, you could go away from Chris Sale and hit someone like Aaron Sanchez, uh, but obviously you're giving up some equity there. But it's a lot of fun if you just want to watch one game. Uh, they can be really fun, especially like for Sunday night baseball and things of that nature. Uh, this should be a, a really good game. Um, I would tend to stack up the Red Sox here and then try to figure out what Blue Jay you feel comfortable. But again, that's going to be more owned uh, than going the Blue Jays route.
0: Now, looking at this, you don't have to use a pitcher. You don't have to use any position. They're all flex spots. Is that right?
2: That is correct.
0: I, I mean, I, I can't really imagine a situation. I guess if it was a single-game slate at Coors Field, then we're not, we're not using any starting pitchers, maybe. But the pricing on this is pretty wild, Mike. Chris Sale, $20,600. You're basically using 40% of your salary on one player.
1: Yeah, that's a lot to lock in, but uh he's most likely going to be worth it in this matchup here. Uh, like Peter said though, if you want to get contrarian knowing that Chris Sale's going to be heavily owned, uh, I do think it makes sense to maybe look at, you know, using Sanchez and trying to still get a couple of the bats there. There's a lot of strategy involved here. This is a unique case where Sale is literally 40% of your salary cap. Most showdown games are not going to be that way.
0: Yeah, 2nd highest price player, Mookie Betts, 11700 So that is in a very steep drop-off. Are there any other changes, Peter, to the rules as far as lineup construction or the way you accumulate points for this one-game showdown?
2: Yeah, the rules are pretty similar. Uh, the same hitting stats, the same pitching stats. Um, the one thing that is a little bit different is relievers have stats like holds and saves. So... Uh, you can pitch relievers, which could come into play, especially today. That would be another contrarian move. Uh, Chris Sale doesn't have a great game. You pick one of the relievers or on the Toronto side. Um, so you do get value there. Um, the big thing to be cognizant of again is just the game theory, especially if you're playing tournaments, doing things that are unique. Uh, obviously they're going to pay off less often, but when they do pay off, they'll pay off in a big way. So this is a really intriguing slate because sales so much expense, so expensive, but, uh, should be a, a fun game and, definitely different ways you can go about attacking the slate
0: and on this this type of game you can use four hitters from the same team not five is that right
2: that is correct
0: so you've got to have at least one blue jay in your lineup i was you you mentioned it just a little bit but i was thinking about and maybe mike you could talk with this too it it does seem like it becomes a lot more difficult to be contrarian i mean you've basically only got 18 hitters and two pitchers to choose from the relievers might be one way to do that Does this make you less likely to go with the stack where you're trying to get three or four hitters in a row just because everybody's going to be doing that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you you might be a little less likely to go with the stack like that, but um, you know, one way that you can get around that is, you know, instead of stacking the typical three, four, five in the order, maybe look at six, seven, eight, sacrificing a few of the projected plate appearances might be worth it just to get the diversity, knowing that obviously you only have one game here to pick from.
0: And we think this is going to be a thing where we're yeah, basically. I totally just... agree with that. What, what, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're still you still want to have those guys in consecutive order, just maybe not the traditional ones that everyone else is going to have, or maybe just a part of that. Like I, I would expect the nine hitter is still going to be not very used for good reason. He's going to get less plate appearances, or has a lower chance of getting more plate appearances than anyone else. But you go with that nine, one, two, three. That might be a way to differentiate yourself as well.
2: Yeah, I think uh it's a really interesting thing when you come to stacking. You can stack different parts of the lineup. And actually there's a good amount of correlation between players. You know, maybe if you went four, six, eight, two, or something like that, um, that, that does work as well. Leaving one spot in between each is, is, totally fine. So there's definitely different strategies you can use, but I can't emphasize enough, especially if you're playing the tournaments, you want to do something that's more concurrent because most people are just going to look at the slate. Uh, they're playing it casually and, and just pick the, you know, Chris sale and a couple of the Red Sox guys uh, towards the top of the order. So anything you can do, to be contrarian will give you a big leg up in the tournaments well,
0: one more thing on that is, is there a situation it wouldn't work tonight probably with sale being as expensive as he is but you're allowed to use two starting pitchers as well is there a situation where especially on DraftKings, where the wins aren't quite as important as they are maybe on other sites there a situation where you might try to fit in two starting pitchers in the same game
2: oh absolutely especially when it's not a, a high scoring environment uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense Batters have the most volatility uh, in fantasy baseball. Pitchers have way less volatility and, in general, are going to have much higher expectations. So I like that strategy. Obviously, it's not really applicable today, just given Chris Sale's price. But uh, that's a strategy I've definitely used.
0: Now, what I really need them to do is, is make this one of the later games. So that way, when I decide to go with Ian Kennedy as a contrarian starting pitcher, I can try to get my money back a little bit later in the night.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Love that. <laughs>
0: and this will be a lot of fun when it comes to playoff fantasy baseball i mean right now we've got on a friday night just an enormous slate this one game is a different way to play but when we get on the thursday nights where there aren't as many games or during the playoffs when you really need this this is going to be a way to kind of extend the dfs season
2: i couldn't agree more and i think one other way it's super fun is if you're going to a game and that's available on the showdown slate uh, that can be so fun. You're, you're obviously enjoying the game, and then if you can have fantasy players from that game specifically. It makes it that much more enjoyable.
0: Oh, that is awesome! I, yeah, I'll just go to a go to a Marlins game with Chris Towers and make him uh, take all the Marlins, and I'll take whoever they're playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little little head-to-head action and the uh, single-game showdown. Peter, thanks for joining us. This sounds like a uh, a really fun way and a little different twist on DFS.
2: Thanks so much for having
0: me. That'll do it for the Friday edition of the Sportsline DFS podcast. We'll talk to you on Monday.